0: Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning, the final from Comerica Ballpark in Detroit. It's the nearly perfect Indians 11, the Detroit Tigers nothing. I'm Davey Barrett, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, a thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And oh my god, we almost had it. It has been so long since Len Barker's perfect game. Almost had it on a Sunday afternoon in Detroit. Tristan McKenzie dances with perfection and unfortunately comes up one hit shy, goes seven and two thirds of perfect baseball, and uh, just gives up a hit uh, in the eighth inning, with two outs in the eighth inning. That ends it. He gets the strikeout, gets out through the eight innings, and it is absolutely a masterful performance. So let's get into it. Let's talk about the storylines. But I love that these Sunday afternoon games gives me so much time to record and sit here and really dig into the numbers. And so why wait until morning as was such a good game? Why wait? So this episode is now Cleveland baseball nightly. And before we get into the storylines, I'm gonna keep plugging it for a little bit longer. We've got a merch shop now for Cleveland Baseball Mornings. If you want t-shirts, if you want hoodies, long sleeve shirts, nice soft tri blend t shirts, uh, 50-50 blend t-shirts, men's, women's, kids. Uh, we've got it all over at Cleveland Baseball Mornings.com. We got the main logo in navy and in red, and then colors that work with that. So plenty to choose from there. Uh, it would be fant- It would be awesome. It would just be so cool to see any of you wearing, any of the morning people out there wearing the shirts, maybe to watch the game. If you're one of our international listeners, if you're in the Cleveland area and you'll wear a shirt to a game. So if you want to support the show, this is the best way to do it. Help it grow. When people ask you, hey man, what's that shirt you're wearing? Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you'll be like, oh yeah, it's this cool podcast I listen to. So Hopefully, it gets the word out there and grows the podcast. All right, let's get into this game. And the big storyline, MVP for the day, I'm not going to forget about it today. It is Tristan McKenzie. And he absolutely was fantastic. Again, nearing perfection all the way through eight innings. One hit, no runs, no walks, 11 strikeouts on 106 pitches. He was only hard hit. Three times. So, I mean, let's get into this. How did he do it, right? Davey, how did he do it? Tell us what went down in this one. Well, it was pounding the strike zone. It was a few things. It was uh, composure. It was aggressiveness. And it was throwing strikes. On 106 pitches, he throws 73 strikes. ton of fastball strikes. So many fastballs. But went up when he needed to. Or really, you know, wasn't just all up fastballs, wasn't just all high fastballs, Um, you know, wasn't just hitting that left edge, the inside edge for that right-handed pitcher. He was throwing it all over. He was throwing it to the right edge, the left edge, up, down, using the whole strike zone with that fastball and really did a good job of getting ahead of hitters. And then when it came to the breaking stuff, the off-speed stuff, the curve and the slider, he was just dropping the bottom out of that thing, just burying it, painting the bottom edge of the strike zone a bunch of times with curveballs, really hitting that outside edge with the slider a couple of times, and then the rest of the time just burying it. And why did it work? Because he was establishing that strike zone. He was getting ahead of hitters. All right, let's look at the pitch breakdown here. And his CSW for all these pitches, he throws the four-seam fastball 70 times, 38 swings, eight whiffs, 15 called strikes on the forcing fastball. That is great to see. It's good for a total of 33% CSW. Um, the other two pitches, though, the curveball and the slider, it's the whiff rate. The swing and miss yesterday was absolutely fantastic. He can get one called strike on the curve or the slider, but 22 curves, 12 swings, eight Whiffs. It's good for a 67% whiff rate on that curveball. On the slider, threw it 14 times, went to it a few times, even used it to get Miguel Cabrera in the first inning. Eight swings, five whiffs, 63% whiff rate on that slider. That is absolutely fantastic pitching from Tristan McKenzie and a good job of using all those pitches, right? Absolutely a good job of using all the pitches to get strikes when you need to get strikes. Uh, using that breaking stuff to strike him out and using that fastball to get 15 called strikes just painting with that fastball. Um, Like I said, only three hard-hit balls from the Tigers on the entire day. Uh, The eventual hit, uh, the single was 95 miles per hour. It was one of those hard-hit balls. And uh, it was a situation where I think he was down in the count 2-0 to Harold Castro, and Castro, who is a middle-of-the-lineup guy for them, right, second base, he's a 272 hitter with a 618 OPS, which tells me he's a lot like Amen Rosario, right, high average, not a lot of pop, uh, and in fact, I could look that up really quick and tell you how, how many extra base hits and things he's got on the season, but he ends up, let's go to the matchup here, against Harold Castro. I don't know why I'm starting with the negative first, but uh he uh he fouls off a curveball to start this thing. Uh then throws him another curveball in the dirt, misses with that one. This is against a lefty. Misses high with a fastball. So now he's down in the count 2 to 1 to the lefty. Throws him another fastball that's on top of the zone. Frankly, it's on top of the zone and in. Um it kind of jams him a little bit. And uh, he's still able to really get the bat head out there quickly and get it out into right field for a big hit. Uh, so far on the season, he's got, let's see here, six, uh, 59 hits, only five doubles, no triples, and one home run. So you want to talk about really a contact hitter here, a 272 batting average, but only a 309 slugging. So, Contact hitters, those are the ones you got to look out for in a no-hit bid, in a perfect game bid, and the contact hitter gets the job done uh, for the Tigers. But McKenzie, I mean, working ahead all day, and let's look at these strikeouts because the thing about these strikeouts, there is one full count in here. The rest of these, he is ahead, uh, and I'm just going top-down here Uh in the seventh inning, he gets Jonathan Scope with a high fastball, way high fastball on a 1-2 count swinging strike. He gets Mayor Candelario on a four-seam fastball high. That was the full count, and Candelario was pissed at himself for going up the ladder and swinging at it. Uh, the rest of these he's ahead on. Jacob Robson on an 0-2 count in the seventh inning. He swings through a fastball that is up. It's above the belt. But, uh, you know, a great job there by pumping one past him against Greiner. Uh, this is in the third inning on a 1-2 count. It's a called strike on the outside, on the left edge of the plate. Uh, then his other fastball was to Miguel Cabrera. This one was outside of Miguel Cabrera, but still in the strike zone. And he swings through it on a 2-2 count. This is, a frankly, a pitch Miguel Cabrera would want to shoot out to right field for that 500th home run. That's another storyline in this. The Indians were able to go the whole series without giving up uh, Miguel Cabrera's 500th home run, despite the crowds in Detroit being on their feet for every at-bat. With their cell phones out to record it, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm a little bit too much Gen X and not enough millennial, but I would never think to pull out my phone and record something like that. Enjoy the moment. Tell the story you know you that's why i podcast cuz i love telling stories and the story of it is so much more interesting to me than your cell phone video of it with 10,000 other arms up in front of you also filming it right i want to hear about what was going on what was the sound like i want to hear what you felt did you feel a hush come over the crowd as the pitcher released that pitch i don't want to watch a cell phone video of it So, yeah, so I don't understand culturally why we're so obsessed with filming things like that. Just be in the moment, fans. Come on. Let the TV crew that's there film it. You'll have the highlight. You you can pull up the highlight on YouTube a thousand times. Why do you need your recording of it on your cell phone? So, coming off of that tangent, uh, he gets Miguel Cabrera in the seventh inning with a fastball on the outside edge. Uh, If I. If memory serves me right, that is three strikeouts in that seventh inning. Um, Then he got Miguel Cabrera in the first inning on a slider that was down and away. That was on a 1-2 count. So again, ahead of Miguel Cabrera gets him to swing over a slider. Um, Then the rest are curveballs. Willie Castro gets him on a 2-2 count in the eighth inning. That was the final strikeout after he had already given up the hit. Uh, then more curveballs down gets Victor Reyes on a 2-2 count in the sixth inning, gets uh, Victor Reyes again on a 2-2 count in the third inning, gets uh, Willie Castro in the sixth inning on an 0-2 count, and also gets Willie Castro, and I don't know the count on this one because for some reason, Baseball Savant has not programmed their website. When you're This one was low. This one was basically in the dirt, and Willie Castro swung at this one, and and uh, for some reason, Savant isn't smart enough to move the little descriptor box up when you're at the bottom of the screen. They just It just cuts off the little descriptor box. So I have no clue what the count was on this Willie Castro strikeout. I don't even know what inning it was in. So, yeah, like you can see, one full count. The rest, he was ahead of all these guys. And that's why the curveball down was so effective. They had to chase it. They had to. They were down in the count. They were trying to protect. And he just dropped that curveball on them so McKenzie I mean just the composure was absolutely incredible I think he said after the game something about like you know, he he knew something like in the after the third inning that he was in a no-hit situation and you probably do as a pitcher right if you go the whole lineup and then all of a sudden realize that uh, uh you know you haven't given up a hit to the lineup it probably just creeps into your mind and it's there in your mind uh, some rookie in Arizona just had a uh, a no hitter. Uh, I don't know if it was. I think it was his first start. I don't know if it was his debut, but it was his first start. And uh, he talked about it, like knowing it, like staying relaxed, staying chill, uh, staying himself. And I think Tristan McKenzie said some of those same things. He was trying to stay himself, still have fun with it. And um, Austin Hedges talked about how composed and cool he was the whole time that's awesome, you know, having that veteran catcher work Tristan McKenzie through that whole thing. But by the end, uh, and Manning and, uh, uh what's his name, Underwood were talking about it. By the end, McKenzie knew what he wanted to throw. He was shaking off hedges because he knew what pitches he wanted to throw, and it worked all day for him. Uh, And then in the dugout afterwards, it was funny, they kept cutting back to him, and you could kind of hear that he was talking to Ernie Clement. He was talking to Ruben Nieble about, like, what was going through his head there at the end and his reaction. I think he was describing his reaction when he finally gave up the hit. Looks like he mouthed maybe a a four-letter word there to somebody in the dugout. And uh, you could tell he really wanted this one. He really wanted that no-hitter, that perfect game. It was really important to him. But we're all behind you, man. We are all behind you, Tristan McKenzie. It's Awesome how well you've bounced back lately and pitched so well after that stint. I mean, this is a guy who couldn't throw strikes, literally could not throw strikes in the middle of the season, right? In the early part of the season and had to get sent down because of it. And he's really done a great job. I mean, the fact that he's still striking out the side in the seventh and then coming back and getting more strikeouts in the eighth, it's just a sign that his mechanics stayed sharp through the entire game. And that's something he was working on, holding those mechanics together. So, I mean, how many glowing things can I say about Tristan McKenzie on a day like this? We're proud of him. It's felt so good to watch him have a game like this. Now, the other side of things. The other storyline in this game is that the Indians' offense absolutely exploded in the second and third inning. They end up going for six runs in the second and they end up going for five runs in the third. And frankly, uh, in that second inning, I mean, I was going to be happy that they just scored a run. I mean, they worked so hard to get Bradley Zimmer home. And then you know, I felt like that was, okay, we got a run. We got on the board. Like, that felt great. And then all of a sudden, that inning just explodes. And uh, there's only one home run on the day. And we'll get to it. But let's go through these two innings and it almost felt like the Indians had to get all their scoring out of the way because they don't score after the third inning. It's 11 runs on 14 hits, all done early, and it felt like they wanted to get it out of the way so that they could give McKenzie this huge lead and then let McKenzie just work for the rest of the afternoon. So in that second inning, Bradley Zimmer starts things off with a double into the right field corner. This is against Drew Hutchinson, who's making his... uh, returned to the majors. He hadn't pitched since 2018. He had pitched some independent ball, was down in the minors for the Tigers, having a good season, you know, down at Erie or uh, or Toledo. Sorry, Toledo. Did I say Erie the other day? And Toledo Mudhens, right? That's a AAA team for the Tigers. I think he was eight and three down there in the minors. And so, yeah, he comes up, has a good first inning, uh, strikes out for Neil Reyes on a called strike. Uh, to get out of the first inning after giving up a single to Miles straw to lead things off. So he's probably feeling pretty good after that first inning that Bradley Zimmer doubles and everything was down in the right field against him. Uh, Oscar Mercado would then single in the right field. Bradley Zimmer stops at third, so runners at the corner, and it brings up Owen Miller. Owen Miller hits one back up the middle that, frankly, they should have just turned a double play on like they could have just turned a double play, ate the run and probably snuff out the inning right there. But in th- instead, Jonathan Scope who had started the game at second base decides to come home with it and frankly, he's got Bradley Zimmer dead to rights. He did. He made a good read on it. He totally cut down that run at the plate except except the catcher grinder can't oh, squeeze it in that catcher's glove. The throw was low so that he could apply a tag, and he just can't squeeze it. The ball pops away. He tags him with an empty glove, but Zimmer flips over him and tags the plate before he can bring the ball in his bare hand around to tag Bradley Zimmer. So it looks weird. It looked weird live. At at first live, he calls him safe, and you're squinting going, how was he safe? And then the second you see the replay, you realize, oh, it's an empty glove. Okay. And good job on the umpire for being on top of that. So, uh, Yeah, Bradley Zimmer comes in, scores that first run. Andres Jimenez draws a walk on, frankly, a tight pitch. Uh, Andres Jimenez drawing another walk, right? Walks-to-strikeout ratio is looking really good right now for Andres Jimenez. And uh, it loads the bases up for Austin Hedges, who wastes no time and shoots a double into the right-field corner. It brings in two runs. Moves him up to second and third, and it is three nothing Indians. Austin Hedges delivering big hit after big hit from that ninth spot, from the bottom of the lineup. He was 2-for-5 on the day uh, with two runs scored, two RBIs. And Austin Hedges is only hitting 178. He's only got a 483 OPS, but it does feel like he's had some really timely hits and delivered some really timely RBIs. That, uh, Miles Straw would walk to reload the bases and Ahmed Rosario would ground into a double play. Bring in a run. So at least he brings in a run. Uh, it leaves a runner at third base, Austin Hedges, and they feel like maybe they can get out of this not so fast. Mr. MVP candidate, eh, maybe not this season. Jose Ramirez comes up. He gets a slider from Drew Hutchinson that sits right in the middle of the plate And you want to talk about a powerful, little, impactful swing, a tight swing to take a pitch that was breaking in on him and shoot it out to right field for a home run. What was the exit velocity on this one? The exit velocity was 103.2 miles per hour, 376 feet to right field, 22-degree launch angle, so it really was just a rope. I mean, it might not be the greatest exit velocity, 103.2. Like, we've seen higher exit velocities, but it was such a short, compact swing, and that's what makes Jose Ramirez so dangerous up at the plate. It just explodes on those baseballs, and quickly, the bat speed. More than the exit velocity, I'd love to know the bat speed on that swing. Formeil uh, Reyes would walk to keep the inning alive, but um, batting all the way around the lineup, Bradley Zimmer come back out and get tagged out on a chopper that had to be reviewed, but he did get tagged out. so the Indians bat around in the second inning and you know I'm a stickler on this. I'm sorry, to complete the circle, you have to get all the way back to the beginning. And so if Formeeo if Reyes was the last out, that's not batting around. That's just batting through the lineup. Bradley Zimmer coming back up. Makes it batting around. I don't I don't know why I'm a stickler about that, apparently. Because in the third inning, they bat through the lineup. And let's go through it again. I mean, McKenzie, after that long break, you don't know what you're going to do coming back out after that long break. He gets a fly out. He gets a ground out. And then a strike out of Candelario. Then Oscar Mercado actually strikes out to start the inning. So you think, hey, 6 nothing. I mean, we could roll with that. Like, that. that's probably fine. By the way, the uh, the walk to Reyes drove Hutchinson out of the game. So this is Kroll, Ian Kroll coming out of the bullpen for them. He's the one that got Zimmer out. Uh, So Owen Miller, um, he then takes a line drive to first base. It goes for a single. Andres Jimenez reaches on a fielding error. It allows Owen Miller to go to second. Um, So now we've got runners on. Probably got a little bit of luck going here. Austin Hedges would deliver another hit to keep the rally going. He would put one out in the right field. Now the bases are loaded for Miles Straw. And now it's the bottom of the order setting things up for the top of the order. And how many times have we talked about how important that is, right? Great job by the bottom of the order today. And it shows in the box score. I mean, look at all the runs scored. Two runs for Owen Miller. Two runs for Andres Jimenez. Two runs scored by Austin Hedges. These are your seven, eight, and nine hitters in the lineup. And they score six runs combined. Meanwhile, the top of your order, one RBI for Miles Straw, three for Ahmed Rosario, and three for Jose Ramirez. Austin Hedges added two on his uh double. So yeah, the top of the order with racking up the RBIs. That's a beautiful looking box score. When you could do that in a baseball game, that is and it's killing, you know, it kills the other team. They probably think that Andres Jimenez and Austin Hedges should be easy outs. Owen Miller, these guys are hitting in the 100s, should be easy outs. Instead, they're frustrating them all day, and then the top of the lineup gets to deliver big hits. So, Miles Straw would single, it would move everybody up a base. Owen Miller would score. 7-0 Indians. Then after a mound visit, Ahmed Rosario finally gets in on the fun triples into the left field corner, clears the basis and Ahmed Rosario absolutely burns around the bases. Uh, they talked about, they were joking on the TV broadcast that they should do a skills competition at the all-star game. And I would, I would love to see Ahmed Rosario, uh, running around the bases, just sliding into third to see what that speed would be like compared to other, other fast guys, you know, in this league. Like, um, Who's that guy in Arizona who's like lightning fast? You got Hamilton still in Chicago who's still got wheels. Even Miles Straw versus Ahmed Rosario. Just fun to see the two of them in a sprint race. Uh, And then you think 10-0 is probably good enough, right? Nope. Jose Ramirez with double. He kind of drops one in the left center field. A big hustle double from him brings in the final run, 11-0. Formio Reyes very frustratingly called out on strikes before Bradley Zimmer grounds out to bat through the order so that was the indians offense there and it was i mean all around you know fantastic day all around so many multi-hit games multi-hit games from straw ahmed rosario jose ramirez uh oscar mercado owen miller and austin hedges with andres jimenez on base twice uh, Bradley Zimmer only once, but it's an extra base hit, so we'll give him credit there. For Reyes is the only guy that struggles. He's 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. He's in a big scuffle right now, but at least the rest of the team picking him up, and we win the series. On top of that, we win the series. We take back over second place in the Central Division. I told you that's probably where this team belongs. It's a it's a second place team right now with all you know with all our pitching gone and relying on so many rookies. We're going to be a second-place team, hopefully, this year, and then we can rebound. And I saw it on Twitter, on Indians Twitter. Yeah, you're right. Add Bieber, Savali, and Plisak to Quantrill and McKenzie if they can maintain this trajectory they're on. And we're going to get to see Quantrill again in this next series coming up. We're going to Minnesota, and he's pitching Monday night. So he's pitching tonight, 8 o'clock start. Then we've got Eli Morgan going, and then it's a 1 o'clock game for Plesak on Wednesday afternoon uh, in Minnesota. So another chance to rack up some wins this week. Let's rack up some more wins against a Minnesota team that's frankly probably given up a little bit. I mean, they've called up some rookie pitchers. They traded away some people, um, right? So we should rack up some wins, and hopefully – You know, continue this growth from right now. It's about Quantrill and McKenzie and Eli Morgan and their growth as starting pitchers. Um, Yeah, those bullpen days, those henches games, those whether it's Logan Allen getting another start. Who knows what they're gonna do until Savali's ready? Yeah, those days are kind of be a crapshoot, but. Uh, The growth from McKenzie and Quantrill and even Eli Morgan is really important for the rest of this season. And then can they take what they do here in August and September and bring it into next season and hit the ground running next season instead of scuffling next season, instead of having to make trips down to AAA next season? Can they really establish themselves as big league pitchers? And this right here was a huge step for Tristan McKenzie in that growth. Uh, Just the command of the game. He commanded it like an ace, like an all-star. So, again, MVP for the day, tip of the cap, round of applause, standing ovation for Tristan McKenzie. All right, that is all my thoughts on this one. A fun baseball game, which, frankly, I napped through a bunch of this game, man. It was one of those Sundays where I was just... I have been just running myself ragged all week, and I just needed a nap. And dozing during a Sunday afternoon Indians game—the only thing better to fall asleep to might be golf. Sunday afternoon golf might be the only thing that I sleep. I could really get into a deep sleep, and I was going in and out during that third inning, and I just gave into it. And uh, I caught enough of this game though to really appreciate Tristan McKenzie's pitching performance, but. Uh, yeah, I feel fantastic. I'm napped. I got the podcast recorded. There is merch available at clevelandbaseballmornings.myspreadshop.com. It's in the show notes. It's my pinned tweet on Twitter. So if you want a t-shirt, who doesn't want a t-shirt? And I'm going to have a fun promotion coming up when it comes to those t-shirts. But if you want a t-shirt, check it out. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. If you have thoughts about Tristan McKenzie and Quantrill at Eli Morgan, in this pitching staff going forward, let me know your thoughts. Email the show, Cleveland Baseball Mornings at gmail.com. I am open to all your comments, morning people. Let me know. We'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor. So if you want to go old school and call in, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings and leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland a spawn nightly